space, final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we're back to talk about the ooh, part one of the, technically, it's the mid-season finale. Yeah, uh, this, re- this is the mid-season finale this time. <laughs> yeah, this time of um, Prodigy. And then we're also going to talk about Basics Part 1 from Voyager for reasons that will hopefully become clear as we, as we go through the episode. I think it's got enough similarities. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, so, mid-season finale. Two things. One, I'm not convinced this one meant to be a mid-season finale. I feel like this is meant to be the finale of season one, and for some reason they've decided, oh, well, no, it's 20 no, episodes. No, because this is only episode thing. nine. There's one more episode. No, no, but, I mean, I feel like this two-parter is meant to be the end of season one because it's, right. it's sort of coming full circle and going yeah. back to that. And, but I don't know. And they always said it were 10 episodes, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, it's 20, but the second half's coming later in the year, in- so... Yeah. <laughs> so why are they like, calling I, it season one instead of, you know, saying, oh, it's season two coming later? It doesn't matter, but it, it just seems it, a bit weird. Yeah. Like, I actually think this episode is about a minute too long for a cliffhanger. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And that, that's the other thing I was going to say is I really feel like this was whether whether it were meant to be the season finale or the mid-season finale or whatever the hell it is, I feel like this probably was meant to be shown in a 45-minute block instead of in two two halves. Because like you say, it where they break the episode doesn't feel organic. No, it had been... Like, I know we're jumping right to the end of the yeah, episode yeah. here, but... Spoilers. We've got that... We've got where the... The gravity's gone, the shielding's gone, they're trying to grab onto each other, mm-hmm. and they're screaming, and because it looks like all the plans gone wrong, and that would have been a great cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> but instead, it it just the way it the way it cuts to the credits don't even look right. Like it, it just now, feels I, like I wonder if they've put that extra minute on where things aren't quite as bad as what they're saying. If it's because it's for a younger audience, maybe. I mean, if if I'm if I'm viewing that from like my adult's perspective, that the cliffhangers should have been a minute earlier. Maybe. And if it's got the extra minute because it's actually aimed at a younger audience, not to leave that threat and all that, and it it could be. But I mean, I remember when I were a kid, like we we used to get. Proper cliffhangers. Like, there were this um, animated version of The the Wizard of Oz. And it finished with, like, the these geezers who were, like, could turn into cannons or something, and they were all pointing the cannons at Dorothy and Toto. And well, that... I grew up with, um, like, obviously with Doctor Who. Yeah. But we still had on BBC, too, they were showing, they regularly showed, like, 
the Flash Gordon and King of the Rocket Men um, films, movie serials from like the 40s and 50s. Yeah, always repeated. And every episode ended with them uh, falling to the death. Well, that were it, you know. I mean, half the episodes then like ended with people getting blown up, and then they just changed yeah. it, didn't and they? Then the, like the following episode, no, they weren't in the car. They'd got out like a mile down the road. It's no, they weren't. Can you imagine, like in in today's like today's sort of zeitgeist of social media and Twitter and everything? Can you imagine doing if they, that? Yeah, if they did a cliffhanger like that now and just what the reaction would be, it'd be <laughs> absolutely... It, totally walked it back the week after. Yeah, it'd be so <laughs> funny it, just to see, like... The I think abs- the internet would melt. Yeah, exactly, just to watch the meltdown of it. I think it'd be absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Oh, this is the worst show ever. This is, oh, it'd be great. Yeah, like, I want... Going back in, like watching the original Batman, oh yeah, serials, and I don't mean the Adam West ones. I mean no, the black I know and white one ones. Yeah, and there's one of them, and uh, there's Batman and Robin, and they're on the plane, and it blows up, and then we put on it. Then the following episodes, they get out and walk, <laughs> walk. Yeah, away I've seen that one. It's not like no, that didn't happen last yeah, week. Yeah, they just put an extra little. See, we're on. I think they were on Amazon in the UK for a bit, and yeah, yeah, it it's just ridiculous. They just had an extra scene where they all got out and they were fine. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Star Trek should do that. Like they, well, some some big. <laughs> you need something big to do it, yeah. don't you? They should have done that with Best of Both Worlds. Like, next episode, it should have just been, yeah, Picard wasn't assimilated. Then <laughs> just got on with it, and you'd have been like, did I make that up? Did, did I remember? You couldn't do that back then, because Best of Both Worlds was probably when Star Trek really got its new modern audience. Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was, yeah, I still think that's, like, the best cliffhanger ever, Best of Both Worlds Part 1, but... We've got two to talk about today, so we'll we'll have a look at them. Yeah, so a moral star then, part one. First of all, nine credited writers on this, which yeah, that's insane. You never see that many. I mean, some of them, to be fair, are it, it's like so and so, and then there's an ampersand so and so, which means that they're like a like a writing duo. So yeah. that, that's kind of on accounts as one, but even so, there's still like six, even if you take them out of it. <laughs> Which, like, you you know, the way TV's done is you have a writing room and they they bash out the idea together and then you usually now, have a writer who's assigned to it and they get credited. But you never see this many writers actually credited on a on a yeah. one episode. I wonder it's crazy. if they Crediting the writing room. That's all I can think I, I know, of. Yeah. I know that I can't remember his name, but one of the novelists um, was brought in mm. as a as like the head consultant. All right. For it's to bring things in. That's where the um, was oh that element for the cloaking device to use. Like oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember the it. name of it. Yeah, but I know what you but mean. He he actually wrote that into his novels. Oh, that's cool. 
So that's come from the novels, is that element? I like that some of the Star Trek novel writers are getting involved in the shows now, like um, Kirsten Beyer, I think, on Discovery as well. And it's really good because they've been doing such great work in the novels for decades well, they've now. Kept it going, they've kept it going for 20 years. Exactly. On the screen. Yeah. And it's it's great that they're actually getting to do something that's canon yeah. because the, the whole it's thing like of the novels it's has like always it's, been. It's okay, it's all saying it has to be on TV to be canon, but there's a whole universe of novels. And there has been universe building. Mm-hmm. In some of these, so I wouldn't like to think how many books have been written. Oh, yeah, thousands it must be now. Yeah. But, like, particularly the relaunch novels that they did that carried on after the end of Nemesis and after the end of Voyager and after the end of DS9. And they've had, like, 20-odd years of their own mythology and everything, and we're sort yeah. of... We're sort of in the same situation now with Star Trek fiction that Star Wars fiction was when Disney took over, when they went, no, we're making sequels and it's going to retcon it. And that that's pretty much what's happened with Picard. Like, we, you know, we've had all these shows, yeah, these books. But, but I think, um, like, Disney are doing the same as Star Trek and they are bringing in the sort of novel, yeah. u- novel universes. Oh, yeah. Realising, hold on, the fans have been reading this for... <laughs> Just to go, it doesn't count. The fans are going, no, sod you. I've I've spent, I've been buying this for twenty years. Yeah. You're not telling me just because you're making a new movie or a new series that what I've read doesn't count. Yeah, I mean the the big difference there, I think, is that Star Wars, it was always treated as canon, whereas Star Trek's always been really clear that yeah, the books yeah, are Star not. Trek has always said it is. Um, but yeah, he's cool. And this is getting onto a tangent with Star Wars, but. Um, but yeah, it's cool how they're taking characters that were introduced in the old expanded universe, like Grand Admiral Thran and things like that, and yeah. bringing them into into the new universe. So that's that's really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, and we are doing that to an extent. Like with the the design of the Titan is taken from the front cover of all the novels. You know, they've used yeah. the same design of the Titan in uh, when it's appeared in Lower Decks. Uh, yeah, we're doing a bit of that. Anyway, this episode then. So, I like that it picks up and they acknowledge what happened last week. Like, they're talking about how we learned to work together, even though we were in different times and yeah, everything. It, like, Prodigy seems to be doing this a lot, that it's literally, almost literally an episode a day sometimes. Mm. Yeah, not even a week's past. They're literally talking about what they did yesterday. Yeah, you're very much getting a sense of the the time scale and the continuity of it yeah, all. And yeah, everything. it's continu- continuing onwards, and they're keeping a continuity going. Yeah, but it's not. It's striking a good balance because it's not totally serialized. So if you'd missed no. one, oh, you can no, still pick it, it up. No, it isn't serialized. There's a there's a there's a story arc. Yeah. You could quite happily sit down and watch any episode of Prodigy without having to watch yes, the whole series so far, to know what's yeah. going on. And which I, I, I very much like it. It's something I've not, as much as I've enjoyed discovering Picard, it's very hard to go back and watch an ap- an episode. Yeah, as as we found doing this podcast, I mean, you you've got to cover it all, or you yeah. don't like we. I mean, we, we've been fortunate that when we launched, 
Discovery Season 1 had been on, but we were pretty much ready to pick straight up with 2. And But we've not we really... Were we doing the podcast for Discovery no, Season No, not Season 1, no. We launched um, just before the start of Season 2. Right. But it, it shows that in that time, we, we've only gone back and done the Time Loop episode. Yeah. And and that's it from season one because if we're going to do it, we're going to have to do the whole of season one. We're going to have to one. do the whole thing, which God knows when we'll do that. Well, um, at the minute. Tune in in about five years' time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if that. If I mean, if all these guys on YouTube are right and everything's cancelled, then you know maybe we'll get a chance. But at the well, minute, it's been cancelled. It's, it's all been cancelled since the first episode of Discovery, according to them. Yeah, exactly. So and yeah. C- and CBS. Or Paramount Plus, who are only uh, doing more Star Trek just to save face. <laughs> well, they're really saving face at the minute. Spending a lot of money on saving face at the moment because there's a well, lot. It, it, we we've said it all along. It's nonsense. Haven't of we, course but... it is. Uh, um, so more going back to Star Wars again. The Diviner sends his "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi" message, but yeah. It, it's sort of the opposite. He's not asking it's for red, help. It's a red one, not a blue one. That's yeah. how you can tell it's evil. That's it. And he's good. Yeah, he's, that's he's... The, that's always been the giveaway in movies. Yeah, red is evil. <laughs> yeah, it's the new. The instead of having like cowboys with black hats and white hats. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> red technology is bad, definitely. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's wanted him to turn themselves in and everything, which. This ties us back to we've been banging on about it since the first episode. We've got to go rescue the cute little cat, and we're 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 getting there this episode. And it's it's good that you get the crew having a debate about it. Like, and the options are we can go to the Federation, but they might not be able to get there in time, or we can go back and try and save them. But we yeah, we can only do one jump, which it, like we've had this discussion haven't we about what are the actual distances yeah and like i think that travel has changed a lot the speed of travel mm. from what we've seen in voyager to what's available now because the sort of woman and i mean if the federation could make it back in time yeah that's true and it's like yeah if the federation uh Unless the Federation's grown and it now covers right up a lot to more the space. Gamma Quadrant. But or, or maybe they're just sort of thinking, well, maybe the Federation has more proto-stars. Maybe so, yeah. that That's probably the thought process. But I suppose we've got to assume from this that it to go into proto-warp, all the energy goes into throwing you into the warp, but it doesn't need much to maintain it. Yeah. Because it, it can't be that it uses the same amount of energy the full way because they, if they only had enough energy to go once, it, there's a big difference between going 4,000 light years back to where they started or 70,000. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, I think I think you're right that the, the energy consumption is to get into Proto. Yeah, and it, and it must be that once you're in it, you can go as long as but, you want. Yeah, but but once you, you come out, of it, it can maintain it for a certain amount of time. Yeah, once you're in it, but it takes a huge amount to charge it up and fire. That seems to be. I mean, it, it must be if we're using the evidence that we've got so far. Um, but they plan it all out. 
and Dowell gets some more captainy moments, like he's worried about the crew. And he has that thing where he says, I can't risk it. And it, it's the whole, ooh, is, it, is he talking to just Gwyn or is he talking to everyone? Does yeah. he fancy Gwyn? Like, yeah, we get it. We know what's going on with them too. Um, yeah, that's but, quite obvious. I'd have no problem with that. No, neither teenagers. Exactly. It'll all end in tears, but that's it what will. happens with teenage love. It is. I mean, usually it's, it's not often this dramatic, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, what teenager has not fallen in love with a girl who then has to go back to her evil father who steals the yeah. spaceship? Yeah, we've yeah. all been there. Yeah, get you get marooned on an as- asteroid. Yeah, she's gone. She's away. You're probably going to have to go rescue her next week, but uh, or maybe she'll rescue herself. Gwyn's probably the most capable of all of them. So, <laughs> um, Anyway... But nice to see him acting like a captain, like I've got to think about my crew. And I love that they, they have a coffee with Janeway to plan it all out. You know, that's <laughs> that's very... So that That's kind of Janeway's handing the torch to them, you know, share a coffee with me. That's Yeah, well, she does say that you might not be Starfleet, but you are acting like a crew now. Yeah, which is great. I mean, again, we, we sort of talked about that in the early days, that this might be where we're yeah. going with this, and it's great it's like, that we've got there. It's like this where they can do one jump back to the Federation. I don't believe we'll ever see that. No, I until, don't. Until the very end of the series, because as soon as they go back to the Federation, they're in a stolen Federation ship. It doesn't matter what they've been doing in it all the time. It's a Federation yeah, ship. And technically, they only stole it from the person who stole it, but it's still yeah, stolen. Yeah, they stole you, it to escape. You've got to give it it's back. it's Federation property. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 can't, you can't keep yeah, it. Yeah, they're not keeping it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think if we go back to the Federation, we don't get to keep this ship. So no. unless I can't see us going back. I can't, because I, I like this dynamic of this sort of ragtag team on a ship. And, yeah, you could carry the show on, they could go back to the Federation, they could get assigned to a different ship or whatever, but that... But then you'd have them, they'd be ensigns or cadets. Yeah. They'd have a crew telling them what to do and looking after them. And Exactly. It's not as much fun. I like that it's a fun setup. is um, this. So. And they're making the... It looks like they're making the Academy series with um, Tilly, so... Yeah, yeah, we're getting that. <laughs> They've got that covered. <laughs> yeah. We get a, a big reveal of the new uniform. Now, I'm going with that this is a special protostar uniform. This is, That's my take on it, is that kind of like this is an experimental ship. You get a different uniform to distinguish yourselves. I'm going with this isn't standard Starfleet uniform. Um, um, I'm thinking because... It isn't marked out with insignias or anything or ranks. It's all the same colour. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is this a cadet uniform? But Maybe, I yeah. think this is another way that we're thinking there's been a time jump yeah. more than what we think. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we know that Starfleet does change its uniforms quite often. But yeah. in the time after Nemesis, before Picard they got really carried away with it. Like, you know, we've seen at least two different uniforms in Picard, at least two different uniforms in Lower Decks, 
and now this one. So that's and at now least we're another one. It's yeah, that's the, at least five in twenty years like, that they've gone through. Like if it is a different uniform because it's a uh, a prototype ship, but wouldn't Jacoti have had that uniform on I've, when we've seen? I thought he did in that video that we saw. Yeah, I thought right, he I'd did. Have to, I'd have to go back and check if he actually did have yeah, the uniform. Yeah, I, I have a feeling he did. It makes sense that it's a protostar uniform. Yeah. The experimental ship. And Janeway, Janeway decides to put that uniform on as well, so she fits in. So that's yeah. nice. And Dal, proving that he is a modern Star Trek captain, has got his go-to-warp catchphrase, which is go fast. Yeah, go fast. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, And it's very fitting for this ship. (laughs) It is, yeah. So there we go. He's got that one. So that's another one that Saru can't have. He can't have go fast, so... He can't have warp, me. No. No. He's going to have to come up with something. I think everyone's allowed to have Engage just because, you know, obviously Captain Picard's got it trademarked, but, yeah, it's one that everyone can say. It's kind of your default one, like the, oh, what's the one? We've, uh, in Scotland with the kilts, there's one sort of generic quilt uh, kilt that every clan is allowed to wear. Right. But then you've got your own clan ones as well. So I remember I, uh, I've i got Scottish ancestry, and I, I asked my dad, oh, what, what kilt is our family's kilt and he said I've tried to find out but I've no idea if you ever want to wear one you've just got to go with basic one um anyway so the diviner um you know what he's a bit of a baddie because he starts double crossing him going back on the deal straight away the original deal was they'd turn the ship over he'd let everyone live but he says you know what I want Gwyn to come with me now so that's part one of him betraying him, but it, it gets even it gets worse. worse. So the sort of bargain, don't the well, if you're doing that, you leave us. What does he call his ship? The red, the red ten. Yeah, you leave us the red ten so we can get off. Yeah, and before, well, yeah, he ends up. He he decides to. Well, it, it, technically, he gets out of it on the technicalities. As I said, I'd leave him the ship, which he does, but. It cripples the ship, so... Yeah. Bit naughty, but, you know, technically, you're right, but the the now, intent I, there... This, this confused me, mm. because when he crippled the ship, that turned off the shielding and the gravity on the asteroid. Mm. But we saw in, um, like, the second episode, the second part of the season premiere, mm-hmm. he launched from the asteroid and just left it. Yeah, so yeah, so it must have its own power supply. Yeah, to maintain ship... the shield when it's not there. Yeah, you're right. Destroying the ship's power source shouldn't cripple the asteroid unless yeah. they're linked. But unless but we've seen the red, we've seen him off on on the mission with the red ten for ages. Yeah, unless it it did take the power away and they're all just floating about when he left them, but I'm pretty well, he sure... he left them floating for a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who cares too much about that sort of thing, I mean... Yeah, but he wants them to keep digging because he still needs the mineral. That the oh, gems. yeah, you're not going to be able to do good mining if you're, you're floating about. And you have no air. <laughs> mm, yeah, they'd have all been dead when he got back, so, yeah... Yeah, good point. I think you might have stumbled on a, a plot hole then in the... 
surely not a plot hole in a in a Star Trek show. <laughs> Indeed. Ooh, we don't get many of them, but yeah. Anyway, I think you have anyhow. Um, before that, though, we get some hints, and I hope we're going to get some answers on this soon. The Diviners clearly got a major issue with the Federation because we've had hints before that he really don't like the Federation, but to the extent that he's like, get that dirty combat joff. Yeah. Know, he doesn't even want that in. And, and the protostar is um, as the means to our salvation. Salvation, yeah, there's hints that... Now, I wonder if it's something to do with the actual protostar itself, the power supply. Is something to do with his species system or something? Yeah, I'm wondering if... I don't think we're going to make him into a fully sympathetic bad guy because he's, he's just too... He's too much of a... Excuse the pun, but too much of a cartoon villain, you know, he's... Yeah. He's very, very evil, but... I do wonder if there's going to be something more like he's doing it because his species is in danger or something and it's just that yeah. he's gone about it the wrong way. I think there's enough... It's like, why does he hate the Federation? Have the Federation refused to help him? Like, it could be some like, the Federation have maybe done the the thing that Janeway's not very good at or Kirk or any of the rest of them and actually followed the Prime Directive. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and... Yeah, but then how how specifically is the protostar going to be the thing that saves them? Yeah. Because we know it's not... If his planet's in danger, we know it's not big enough to even evacuate this mining colony. So he's not going to evacuate a planet with the protostar. So he, the, something's it, in danger it in it him. It isn't the ship itself. It's got to be the energy source. Yeah. That he's after... Yeah, and he keeps saying, you know, the truth, and he should have told Gwyn, and so I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I feel like we're going to get that next week because he like, was we, we nearly going to um, tell her. He almost grew Gwyn out of him out of his own cell, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And and it took like didn't it take a lot of power to do? It? I wonder if like to regrow his species, he needs this power source. Ooh, maybe that'd be interesting. Yeah, if his species is already dead, but he's going to use yeah, this to to bring them back. Ooh, yeah, that'd be and, interesting. And maybe he hates the Federation because the Federation have refused to help him bring yeah, his, fe- his species back. Yeah, I'd go with that. That that you will have seriously get some brownie points next week if you've nailed it there. Cause that is a really <laughs> that is a really really good theory. I like that. <coughs> Um, anyway, so he double-crosses them again. There's a nice scene where they're all having to catch each other, sort of hammering home the, the teamwork element of Yeah, it. that they can work together and yeah. I've got you and... <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. And then the twist we get from the good guys is that... Which should have been... This should have been the start of yeah. the second episode. Yeah, and it's... So they've taken out the the protos the the literal well, protostar. First of all, Zero's beamed off separately. Yeah, since the zero and, and we've they've seen, got Murph, they've got Murph hit, hidden in a mock Zero suit. Yeah, but Murph's got the protostar inside of him. Yeah, he's he, he swallowed it <laughs> because he's completely invincible, as we know. 
And yeah, they've used the vehicle replicator to make uh I think a normal replicator could have probably handled a zero suit, but, yeah. but no, we've used the big one, so that's fine. We've used the vehicle replicator because it's a mechanical object. Yeah, and that's be- I can go with that. That's better than it making more dreadnoughts anyway, so um and then yeah, Dal says, you know, oh, let's see if this crazy plan works, and then it just ends, just cuts yeah, the credits. Yeah, there's- We've cut off the gravity. It's an inconvenience, but we can work around it or words to that effect. Something like that, yeah. And and to be fair to them, you can see that they have anticipated this because they've got these gravity belts, which you do see. It's got the rocket packs, haven't they? Yeah, and you do see that earlier on during the coffee montage. So good. This is coming together to be a really clever crew. They've anticipated the divine of. Uh, double double crossing double. yeah I think the only thing they didn't anticipate is in taking Gwyn because no I think I think they did because they, they were there going do you think Gwyn's bought us enough time yet mm, yeah yeah fair point so yeah I I think they've anticipated him taking Gwen. right yeah no I think you're right yeah and, and they are do you think she's uh, bought us enough time which says it all well, we'll find out next week whether she has or not. But um, you know what? I, I think the good guys are going to win in this. I think that's one of the benefits of it being... You know, Star Trek. Star, <laughs> Star Trek, but also a kid's show, is we're probably going to get a happy ending by the mid-season break. So Yeah. Which I still think is the end of season one, really. But if, <laughs> if they want to play silly games and call it season one, whatever... Yeah. <laughs> trying to fiddle the taxis or something, you know, that's I'm, absolutely I've no idea fine. how they're doing it. I've no idea, but it's... Maybe, seen... maybe they've got out of their cult... If Chakoti pops up in so many episodes in flashbacks, mm. by calling all this season one, they don't have to credit him as a main character. <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it's all about. And that's that. a good thing, if he, if he's... If Chakoti is, is in... It, is it half the season you've got to be in to be credited as a oh, season regular? Oh, I don't know. It's something like that. Like, there's so many, like, Actors Guild of America rules and how you're credited, yeah. and it, it's absolutely crazy stuff. I mean, again... Yeah, if, you're in, if you're in a percentage of the season, you've got to be credited as a main character. And then you get paid for the whole season. Well, that, that's it as well. Yeah, you've got So to be... if they make it like, oh no, if you make this a 20 episode season, <laughs> it really is a 20 episode season, guys. Sorry. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't have, have to pay you. We, we only have to pay you per episode. We don't have to pay Chicote. We don't have to pay John Noble because there were an episode where the Diviner wanting it. So as long as we have a few where he's not in it, uh, maybe, maybe. You never know. They could to be, be fair, I think you probably, if you're getting John Noble, you've uh, done a deal already, haven't you? Whatever. Yes, I think John Noble gets what gets. John Noble wants. Yeah, he, he gets paid what he's worth. I would say John Noble yeah. is great. Um, anyway, so, yeah, we'll see how that one ends next week. And because we have a crew who's stranded without the ship, it was actually you and Doctor Squee who was straight away were like, "We should do Basics Part One," and I yeah, was, well, I just didn't have a clue. I was like, "Oh yeah, now that you mention it." Yeah, well, they get stranded without the ship. We have one of the crew still on the ship, so you have the Doctor and Gwen as yeah. a counterpart. You have um, 
one of them you don't know where he is, really. That's uh, Paris and Zero. Yeah. If if you didn't see Zero for the last minute, that shouldn't have been in it. <laughs> um, you have sort of like the unknown factor, and that's Murph and Air Suter. Yeah, no, I, I I think you were both absolutely bang on the money, but yeah, it was just weird how you two were like straight away, and I'm just like, oh, which episode are we doing? Anyway, basics part one then. So the season two finale of Voyager, and yeah, this is the because season one. I mean, we we've talked about the controversy over season one of Voyager, like which episodes were meant to be in season one and which ones were held back for season two, and blah blah blah. Oh. So the the season finale. I was, actually, I was actually reading about this at this last week. Oh, oh, actually, in the end of season two, and the, there's four episodes of season three that they filmed before during at the same time as season two. Oh, so yeah. they did the full season. So, but they did like twenty six episodes. But they actually filmed thirty. They filmed Basics Part Two back to back. Ah, uh, that doesn't surprise me actually, because that this is one of the things I was going to say about this episode is that traditionally with your Star Trek cliffhangers, like we've already talked about Best of Both Worlds Part One, which is like the greatest cliffhanger ever, but they did not have a clue how they were going to wrap it up. Yeah, and for most Star Trek season finale cliffhangers, that's the case. They just they they put all their effort into writing a great cliffhanger and then they think about it later. Whereas this one, you can see that well, they've thought about what's going to happen. To be fair, Voyager was very good at this with the cliffhangers. Voyager's probably the best one yeah. that we've had with the cliffhangers and two-parters that actually work yeah. properly as a cliff, cliffhanger. And it, yeah, it, it carries on. And I wonder if it... like I haven't looked into it, but it'd be interesting to see if... like. All of the cliffhangers were filmed back to back, or at least, Voyager, it, at if least, they've started that, if they've done it for the first two seasons, or at least written. I mean, what I was going to say about season one is, whichever episode you take as the end of season one, it's not a cliffhanger ending. Yeah, and I think there's a degree of that where it's like the first season, and more modern TV shows should follow this with the amount of shows that get cancelled in the first season. I think. Season one, it's reasonable not to finish on a cliffhanger because you don't know if you've won your audience over. You don't I, know. There's lots of shows that I don't watch now mm. until it's in season two or season three. Yeah, I wait and to it's see for it. that reason because I got fe- I've got really fed up of getting invested in a show, and then it didn't get renewed. Yeah, I wait to see. And if they've it's ended got on the cliffhanger. First. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I do exactly the same thing. If, like if unless it's like I'm reading that it's an absolute smash hit and you know there's no question it's like, gonna get renewed. I think when you look at the Star Trek u- universe it's gonna get renewed. Yeah. The Star Wars universe is gonna get renewed. Oh yeah. But um, anything that's launching new has is always gonna be on dodgy ground. And that's why I think DS9 and Voyager were really sensible in that they didn't do cliffhangers at the end of season one. Yeah. They were like, we'll wait and see how we get on. And like Enterprise took it too much to an extreme at the end of season four. Yeah, true. And Enterprise, noticeably, they did do a, a full-on cliffhanger at the end of season one. 
Uh, but luckily, they didn't get cancelled until season four, so we got a, a resolution yeah. to Shockwave. Yeah, but that was the same thing. It was Star Trek, and it was going to get renewed, whatever, yeah. from season one to season two. It was going to get... At the worst case, it'd be two seasons. Yeah. It'd have to be really, really complete and utter garbage not to get renewed for another season. And that's the other thing. That's how TV's changed as well. Like, I think most shows were probably fairly confident that as long as they weren't an absolute bomb, they'd probably get a second season to yeah. find the feet. Whereas now it's like, if your first episode doesn't do gangbusters, you cancelled, you know? What is it? Um, like, Cowboy Bebop, that's not getting renewed. Mm. And I was reading the figures, and the figures are 88 million viewers. Yeah, it, I mean... It's not getting renewed Yeah, because net, it's not big enough. Streaming shows are just such a different demographic that I, I don't even know how they gauge... Yeah, they but gauge it. like, that's crazy. scary when you think on that platform, they're saying, but what the show costs, 88 million viewers isn't enough. Mm, it's... Yeah, it's weird. Like, I've read, like, there's an algorithm or something they look at and... The like most streaming shows don't go past season four because apparently, apparently they've done the metrics and the likelihood of someone renewing this the subscription for a fifth season of an established show it just drops sharply. Yeah. So uh, I, I have no idea, but I mean, to my mind, yeah, Netflix has been going a long while now, but. We're, we're only sort of really at the start of the streaming service boom at the minute. So I don't think it's been going long enough for us to recognise these trends and go, that's yeah, how many. Yeah, and how big a show actually has to be to... Yeah, I mean, anyway, we'll leave that to the, the executives. But the point is, don't end season one on a cliffhanger unless yeah. you've already got a season two renewal because it pisses us off. However... Voyager, by the time of season two, is like, yeah, we can do a cliffhanger. We know we're coming back for season three. Well, well, if they've been allowed to film four more episodes for season three, they've obviously been renewed at this point. Yeah, exactly. And, right, well, I mean, we're going to get on to Chakotay, my favourite um, favorite guy. Because he has some belters in this episode, but... He's brilliant in this episode. You can see he's the most authentic Native American <laughs> ever on TV. In this episode. Yeah, him and... Him and I say that with my tongue well in my yeah, cheek. <laughs> I think it's either him or Tonto from the, the Lone Ranger. So, but, um, Oh, whose version? Who was it? Johnny Depp, who did it in the Johnny film. Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they get a message from Seska. Now, I think Seska's a great character. I think she's a brilliant recurring villain. She and is. We'll put aside the argument over whether we should have seen the case on as much as as much as we have, because that's been done to death. No, we shouldn't, but she is a great villain, so... The, the problem with the Kazon is they were made too weak. Yeah, they were made too weak, but also they, they've got no good technology, but they're always ahead of Voyager, wherever Voyager yeah. goes. For two years, it's not even like... Yeah, it's not even like it's the following week that the, yeah. uh, another planet's like... So for two years, these this race that wants Voyager because it's so technologically more advanced than what they've got, they're able to outrun you. <laughs> yeah, constantly. And yeah, yeah, it's it's just craziness. But anyway, 
we'll put that aside because yeah, that we'll just take take that as a given that that's silly, and let let's focus on the other silly stuff in this episode. So and the good stuff as well. But back to Chakotay. So Seska says, "Oh, it's your son, Chakotay." Straight away. Chakotay is just the ultimate deadbeat dad because he goes, whoa, I'm not sure it's my responsibility. <laughs> like, first you've heard about it, and already the first thing you say is, whoa. Whoa, <coughs> I had nothing to do with this. <coughs> Which is technically true. But the fact is, this kid's here, and Chakotay, first thing he says is, oh, no, I'm not sure it's my responsibility. I'm going to go talk to my animal guide about it. <laughs> And this is something, <coughs> I think we've sort of touched on this when talking about Chakotay before, and this is something that I find really interesting in terms of how Star Trek treats, I, I'm not sure religion's the right word, because I don't know enough about Native American culture, and I don't know if this is truly representative Native American culture for reasons that we've discussed Yeah, um, in the <laughs> past, but... Let's say it is. So, within the Star Trek universe, what we're saying here is that Native Americans have this thing where they go on vision quests, they have spirit guides, and they go on vision quests and all of this stuff. But not only are we saying that, we seem to be making it canon that these vision quests work and are actually a real thing. Well, there's also... It looks like he has some sort of device that helps him go on the vision quest so we all so we, we're sort of saying that the vision quests are real mm. but and there's also technology that that they have that helps them helps them get do into it. the right state of mind or enter the vision quest yeah which it like it's just so hard to kind of wrap your head around what this means for like <coughs> What it means for the bigger Star Trek universe. Like, why are we not all doing this? If if this is a thing that works, if you can do a vision quest and get advice from an ancestor who can see the past, present, and future, and l- let's all do this. Like, yeah. yeah and, if we've got this technology. And if we're, if we're saying that this Native American spirituality is a real thing. Are we therefore saying that all religions uh, must be true as well? Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking it, and it, you know, if this is a belief system, that's, and the only reason I say if is because of the the questionable nature of the advice they received on yeah. Native American culture. But <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not knocking it if this is your religion or this is something you choose to follow or. That's absolutely fine. What I find interesting is that within the fiction of Star Trek, we're taking an Earth religion and saying that is canonically true. What they believe is fact. And we don't do that with any other religion. It's so interesting to me. Yeah, it's it's a a funny one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I just find it fascinating. And and this is and this really did happen that the Native American women were raped. Oh yeah, that's did, yeah. These out of the tribes afterwards took them all in. 
And that that is interesting that, you know, Star Trek is dealing with that because that's, I mean, it's not a contentious subject in the sense that, yeah, we all know that happened, but dealing with it in a, you know, it's not highlighted, it's not trumpeted or anything, but it, it's just put out there. And, yeah, it, it's it's good that they deal with things like this. But Chakotay's dad, though, Again, probably looking at it from 2022 eyes a bit too much, but he's a little bit ableist. Like, he goes, well, as long as he's born with two arms and two legs, it's fine. Like, so hang on. What if he's missing an arm? Are we saying we're not up for that, Chakotay's dad? <laughs> well, I think his dad was just getting through to the point what's the problem is, is a baby. Yeah, I know he was. Um, but then Chakotay doubles down on it. He's like, I'm not sure I'm willing to be a father. Like, we get that, you know, it wasn't your choice and it, the baby wasn't conceived in the traditional way, but it's a bit late for it, Chakotay. You, you know. <laughs> like, I like how his dad goes. He goes, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, how I remember it, yeah. with, with your mother, I had to be there. <laughs> I had I, to be involved. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Chakotay's never been involved, but... Um, well, no. he had been involved with That's Sester true. in the past, he had. she was yeah. his ex. She was, it's true. And we know that Bilana fancied him for a little bit in season yeah. two. And he's got that whole thing with Janeway. And then obviously him and Seven, right? At the and episode. then that great romance with Seven of Nine. Yeah, yeah. the two episodes, I think, they devoted to that. Um, yeah, Chakotay, very much a ladies' man. So, um, that's the vision quest then. But, yeah, don't want to be a father. And we do get some really cool stuff, like Harry's plan like will make it look like we've got backup from the Talaxians. And then the Doctor's like, right, you know what, let's take it one further. Let's let's actually make the ships appear. Yeah, that that's quite a clever idea. We'll use uh, parabolic <laughs> mirrors and holographic projectors. Yeah, and uh, another really good bit of that is when Janeway says... Oh, Doctor, I'm always happy to take your input on whatever the subject is like. Right, you're going to be oh, hearing great. from me. I've got lots of ideas. Yeah, <laughs> love it. It's like, come on, Janeway, you must have realised that the Doctor's, if you stroke the Doctor's ego, he will, he will yeah, go a bit Yeah, give him an further. inch, he's going to take a mile. Exactly. So that's a great Doctor moment. And then we get the case on Geezer who turns up. Seska's dead. Spoiler, she's not. She's not. He's lying. <laughs> but Chakotay, to be fair to him, straight away he knows this isn't true. He's just like... Yeah, there's something going on here, but yeah. I don't know what. But the rest of them, uh, a little bit, uh, give him some quarters and stuff. It'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, if, it, if, it'd been on, if it'd been on that shuttle an hour or two longer, he'd be dead from the po poison no. he's even in it. Yeah, that, that is interesting, given, obviously, that it is revealed that... I mean, clearly, you know, this guy were going to die no matter what happened. Yeah. So he's obviously willing to give his life for it. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty horrible thing to have. Got to make it look convincing. So what we're going to do is leave you on this thing, breathing in <laughs> this poison. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that because that does get into... Again, we're, we're jumping ahead, but... Um, you know, effectively, this is a suicide bomber, and that's a well, very much a hot this button. Is, this topic. is a suicide bomber doing the car bomb. 
where he's got to breathe in the exhaust fumes all the way to it. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you meant to, yeah, you'd think they'd treat you quite well before you go in, but no, this yeah. guy, like you say, yeah, that's a really good analogy. And the doctor finds a dodgy blood disorder and bless him, the doctor's like, oh, well, we'll have to start treatment for that. You know, we can find out what's wrong with it. And that, in a way, just does sum up the Starfleet ethos, isn't it? It's like, oh, we found, we found this. We're gonna, we're gonna sort it out for you, but it's not yep. gonna work with this guy. Yeah, I've got a like, I've got a problem with this whole thing, like with his bombing thing, because he pulls the thing off his toe, mm. and then he pulls some out, and then you get a close up, and it's clearly a metal needle that he injects yeah. himself with. So why didn't any of the scanners pick up the metal? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and wouldn't like the transporters meant to filter or detect stuff like that while you're in the matter stream? Yeah, Anything but he's also dodgy. got the doctor who's scrutinizing him to find out what's wrong. Yeah, why have they not? And, and the on... doctor isn't like a human doctor where he'll pass over a part of the body because that's not what he's treating. He, mm. He's gonna literally go millimeter by millimeter. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, because you, you could have had a little scene where where they say, oh, we found something unusual here, and then the Kazon makes up some story, like, oh, it's a bit of shrapnel. Yeah. Uh, but would that have telegraphed it a bit too much that he's going to do something dodgy? But then I don't think there's much question he's going to do something dodgy, do you know, dodgy. I, I, I don't feel like the episode is trying to convince us that this guy is anything no. but, but a trap, you know. So, so yeah, it wouldn't have hurt to have put something in like that just to acknowledge, yeah, just to avoid a, 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 an error there, really. Um, but Chakotay gets to duff him up a little bit, which is, you know, good on him. Well, he did duff uh, Jak- yeah, exactly. So he gets to have a bit of revenge. So that that's that's fine. Then it's pretty much action all the way to the end of the episode. Like we're going into battle, and Janeway comes up with a great line. She says, "We don't have any torpedoes to waste." Which anyone doesn't hold true for the rest yeah. of the series. <laughs> yeah, if if you've not seen it, just go on YouTube and put in Voyager Torpedoes and people have done videos and I think what's been decided is that they must have been growing torpedoes on the hydroponics base. Well, it's the only thing that explains to be, fa- to be fair to be fair on this torpedo thing, they obviously can build shuttles. Yeah, exactly. lose lots of shuttles. So it's not beyond the realms for to be building torpedoes as well. And maybe they had a, a torpedo replicator, you know, like the, well, the protostars. Maybe the vehicle, vehicle replicator can make torpedoes as well. Yeah, maybe so. But, the yeah, Voyager fires more torpedoes than they say they've got is the, yeah. the long and short of it. But So I just thought, in retrospect, it is a funny line because probably... Yeah, it is. Probably up until this point, they were keeping an eye on it. And then at some point, they thought, you know what? We <coughs> we can't get caught up in worrying about how many torpedoes we've got if it's at the expense... Or shuttle draft. Yeah. Or crew members. <laughs> if it's at the expense of making a good episode of TV, you know, and Yeah, if day. we can have some good effects of a good fight scene, or we yeah. can have Voyager just having its shields up and running away, 
Let's have some good effects of a fantasy. Exactly. Like, you know, it's fun to to pick at continuity things and things like that, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's all... It's fun to pick at it. If it's in if service... Continu- if continuity is going to interfere with the show... Yeah. Just with, leave with it. With nitpicking things like this with the torpedoes, it, it's great that... Well, you just got seven years, but to say it's on, I can't remember what the torpedo complement when it sets off. But if you say Voyager's only got 20 torpedoes for seven seasons, that's not a lot. No. And I think if and you, you have to go at some point, hang about. When we need torpedoes, we'll fire them. Exactly. And he, I think if you watch that YouTube video, they end up firing about 97 or something like yeah, it's... that. But yeah, it's good fun. But yeah, don't let little finicky points of continuity get in the way of uh, entertainment. Um, speaking of entertainment, though, the Doctor accidentally gets beamed into the battle, or not beamed, he gets projected. Well, we have a lot of little skirmishes, don't we, and they're hitting just one area over and over. Yeah. And they take out a secondary power coupling. Mm. Yeah, it shows the kids on aren't as daft as we think they are sometimes. You know, they, they've clearly... Well, this I mean, is obviously Seska, in it? Yeah, that's it. Seska's thought this through and given them all the tactics. And you do get that. Like, you get some good stuff with Maj Colour where Seska's clearly in charge and he acts like, oh, I don't like being told what to do by my woman and everything. Yeah. But at one point, he ends up, she's giving the orders and he just sort of nods at his men after. He's like, yeah, do what she said. You know? what, yeah, what she said. <laughs> and that's it. He obviously realises that she's a lot cleverer than he is, but <laughs> um, but just don't want to admit it because, uh, because of the way he is. That's not but, my culture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, the Doctor floating around in space it's a good visual it's funny the doctor's always like the mvp of voyager so yeah and it's like somehow we but somehow we can uh shout while he's in space it's amazing how voices can carry in a vacuum oh yeah that's the point because yeah he wouldn't need ox he wouldn't need oxygen for his lungs so that's fine but yeah how the how how sounds carried but star trek has that star trek's yeah, always had star that trek because you can hear the, all the phases and photon torpedoes. And the, it's admitted the go, yeah, we know it's wrong, but I know Firefly did it where they didn't have sound in space, but Star Trek went, no, it won't be as entertaining. And yeah, I, exactly. I, agree with, I agree with Star Trek. So do I. And Star Wars the same. And Star Wars the same. Them over sci-fi. Yeah, basically, 2001 A Space Odyssey did it right. And then we ignored it for forty years, and <laughs> and then Firefly came along, and a couple of other shows have done it. But I think does um, what's it called? The Expanse. I don't think they do. Do they do? Yeah, they don't in do. Space? They don't do sound of thinking space. Yeah, but the but few... you, you do hear it from inside the ships. Yeah, exactly. And Firefly pulled that trick a couple of times. Like they went down into the atmosphere, so you could. Um, but yeah, it. The sound in space in films. Yeah. That's the way it works. We're not doing Superman 4 where a woman can breathe in space. <laughs> That'd just be silly. But sound in space is fine. Um, and this is where the Kazon blows himself up. And this is what I'm saying about they clearly knew where part two was going to go because they put things in like... 
Tom goes off to the Talaxians, we the Doctor deactivates himself for twelve hours. Yeah, we have Suter. <laughs> like we haven't mentioned Suter. No, no. He doesn't do a lot in this episode, but you're reminded of him. Yeah, it's because he's it, there. Like, there's been a few episodes before he he killed a couple of people. He's a psychopath. Two two rockets caught him, and he's done a mind meld with him to help cure him. Yeah. And all that, but he's basically locked in. He's locked in his quarters. Yeah, and yeah, we're setting him up to do something else here, which we'll we'll cover next week. But but the fact that they're planting these seeds of right, we know we're going to do a cliffhanger. Let's give ourselves threads we can pull on to get ourselves out of the yeah. cliffhanger. Whereas again, going back to Best of Both Worlds Part One, we didn't do any of that. It was just. Riker's just about to kill Captain Picard. There's yeah. <laughs> no way out of this. Within what you've set up to this point, that must be what happens next, uh, which makes for a hell of a cliffhanger, but it, it gives a headache to the person who's got to work out how to get out of it. Yeah. But yeah, very cleverly here, we are setting up these threads so that we can, when we, when it comes time to resolve it, we can do it. And yeah, the Kazon win... And this is where you get all this stuff with Madge Culler, who's basically blaming all the problems in his world on women. It's like, well, this is what happens when you put women in charge of spaceships, and this is what happens when women tell you what to do. <laughs> what to do. And it's like, to be fair, Culler, you, you'd you still be dossing about doing whatever you were doing if Seska hadn't come into your life. You know? You'd be trying to nick a bit of uh, water off the compass. Yeah, exactly. So you you were pretty much everything you achieved to to women. Um and one bit again, the use stock what's clearly stock footage of a volcano when they you see the well, planet. I I just want to go back a bit here because like we've missed why when they start boarding, Janeway tries to self-destruct. Of course, yeah. And then it's like Unable to comply due to second secondary power coupling failure. Really? You can't <laughs> self-destruct when you your secondary power you self-destruct is when your ship is getting absolutely mauled yeah. and smashed up to pieces as a last resort. It's yeah. still meant to self-destruct. Not because of secondary power coupling on your dorsal uh, Yeah. <laughs> the cell has like... been hit a few. It's, yeah, I did have that thought. It's like, yeah, you, you self-destruct should be the last thing to stop working. Like, it should be like yeah. the black box, you know. It's Like, I can see why they've done this, and it, and it shows clever tactics because they didn't realise what the gaze on were up to with the little skirmishes where they kept hitting the same part. Yeah. But surely, some, like, surely at some point you should have run a diagnostic... What systems are affected by this? Yeah, you'd have, you'd have thought they'd have asked that question. But if they hadn't have done, we wouldn't have got the cool cliffhanger. So. No. Um, but yeah, the the stock footage of the volcano, fair enough. Now we'd probably do it with CGI. Nope. But Well, the thing is, though, that they're coming down onto a huge volcanic flat. The whole thing is, oh, yeah. is, is it's, molten. It's not a nice planet. And it's really. a good job. I think this is a Genesis planet because in the time from the entering the atmosphere to landing, <laughs> that volcanic, all that volcanic activity 
are turned into solid rock and mountain ranges. Yeah. With their greenery growing all over it. That's true. <laughs> and also you get sort of towards and it's the... only the Genesis planet that we know that goes that far. That's true. And yeah, because you get one of the crew, I think maybe is it Balana, and they say this planet's got seismic activity. Like, do you think? We, did you not see that video when <laughs> we were coming? Did you not look out the window or the view screen as you came down? Like, yeah, the rest of it us. looked pretty bad when we were coming in, you know. <laughs> and so there's there's nice symmetry here with the episode the thirty sevens again. Going back to the whole thing with holding episodes back. So the 37s, depending on how you look at it, is either the finale of season one, in which case this mirrors it by being the finale of season two, or it's the first episode of season two, in which case we bookend the season with the ship landing. But in the same uh, bit of footage. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but in the in the thirty sevens, it's we're landing to help people. In this one, it's we're landing because we're in trouble. So yeah, I like the contrast. It's kind of showing, yeah, things have got worse for Voyager this year, <laughs> um, and it, and it gets even worse because we set up all the other stuff. So we've got a big dinosaur. We've got cavemen because they go, oh, it's just like Earth. However many billion years, however many million yeah, years so many ago. Yeah, so many million years ago. Like, yeah, because we still had dinosaurs with cavemen. I'm going to say, it's only like that if you're watching some of the films from the 50s. If you're watching One Million Years BC. Like, yeah, it's a shame Tom ain't there, because Tom had, Tom had been like, this is just like all them films. This is great. <laughs> and, yeah, we set up loads. So we set up, we see Suda's still on the ship. Like you say, the Voyager reactivates him, uh, the Doctor reactivates himself. And Seska's quite savvy to, hang on, just because it looks like you've blown up the shuttle, you might not have done. Yeah, check for wreckage. So, not just... Exactly. So we've got then seeds of how we're going to resolve it. We've got dinosaurs, we've got cavemen. A little bit like you, uh, like you said for um, the Prodigy episode, I feel like this episode maybe goes on a couple of minutes too long. Like you haven't sort of wandering about on the planet for a little bit and it, it feels to me like they get exiled onto the planet voyager takes off we should probably we should probably there. finish there rather than having a couple of minutes with even though you get great stuff from janeway cause she's very much in charge like right we're going to break down into teams we're going to find water we're going to find yeah, shelter food, water shelter yeah so all that's great but i feel like that could have been in the teaser of part two and yeah. maybe just had a stronger finish because it, it feels like we get to the dramatic climax of the episode, then we wander around for two minutes, then we finish. End. Yeah, but it's a nice setup, and like you said earlier, what's what's great, particularly about Voyager two parts, is they they do them well. They feel like one story, and they they yeah the fit well, like I said, they did film part two. And three, I can't remember the name, which other three episodes of season three. Yeah. At the same time. And and it was doing what they did season one. And mm -hmm. I think season one got hit by writer's strikes, didn't it, why it was so short. And yeah, then the, I mean, yeah. But then the film filmed some that they used for season two. And I wonder if they were just doing that in, in case they got another writer's strike so they could have a full yeah, season. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know exactly what went on and everything, but 
This will be the last season it happens, though. We're, we're back normally on track, I think, from this point onwards. But Oh, we are, but I would like it'd be interesting to find out mm. if the. Well, they carried on shooting a couple of episodes at the end of it. They're, um, they're doing a documentary out the, the by the same sort of team that did that DS9 documentary, and if it's as if it's as thorough and interesting as that one, I won't be surprised if we get an answer to that. So yeah, yeah, I'd be interested. Well, I will be see watching. Oh, without question, now. yeah, and probably go to pictures again. To yeah, if they show it in the cinema down. like they did with the DS9 one, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, so that's Basics Part 1. Next week, we're going to cover the mid-season finale of Prodigy and the season... The Moral Star Part, part 2. Moral and Star we'll Part 2. we'll be covering Basics Part 2. Basics Part 2. And then that'll... Then it's Discovery again. So, yeah, we've got some really interesting stuff lined up. But um, for now, then, we'll leave it there. If you want to get in touch with in the meantime, we're... We're on Twitter, it's reach, at RetrekPod. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com. Or just come and join us on the Facebook group and tell us what you think. Yeah. And thanks for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.